it is the Knickknack Podcast. I am Knickknack, the one and only, and this is Season 8, Episode 16, I think. Uh, and I'm calling this one Alone Again Naturally, and, uh, well, that makes sense. Um, and I probably can't legally play the song, but you never know what I might do. Anyway, uh, we'll get into it in a moment. Grab your favorite beverage, uh, grab your favorite form of tobacco, if that's your thing, and uh, any other relaxing thing that you care to grab. Sit back, relax, and we'll go into it in just a moment. So last time, it was just after my friend left, and um, naturally I had some qualms, uh, because when anybody stays with you for three weeks, it kind of wears on you. Um, But then, uh, going back to the other extreme, as soon as they were gone, uh, here I am alone with the dog, and um, I've seen my mom a couple times, uh, but I haven't gone to any appointments this past week, because of Martin Luther King Day, and uh, I can't afford the bus anyway, because I mismanage money. I'm very good at that. Um, but I'm in this position where uh, behavioral health is not really set up for this week. It'll be next week, but not for this week. And I don't have the normal appointments that I usually have, so I'm kind of all screwed up on appointments right now. So leaving the house has not been something that is very common. Uh, Just letting the dog outside to piss and poo, really. Uh, That is about the extent of my life right now. And of course, the virtual aviation career, uh, which is really how I think of it these days. Um, And kind of this new mode of thinking... Uh, brought on by the permanent and total disability uh, approval from the Department of Education. And I do think that's valid. Uh, I I think I had expectations for myself, and I think other people had expectations of me that maybe in the pre-2008 world might have worked out. But certainly in the post-2008 world and just in the way things in my life have taken place, uh, the expectations that I had in my er, uh, my late teens and early 20s uh, are no longer achievable. And I have to adjust to this new life and accept it for what it is and somehow get into this mode of managing it. Um, And of course, that's the hard part. That's uh, probably what I'll spend most of my life trying to do. Um, And for what it's worth, I'll probably spend most of my life documenting it. So for whatever that's worth, I document a lot through this podcast. Uh, But it's been a hard period for me the last week or two, um, simply because I was reminded of the narrow scope 
of behavioral health. Um, they're basically crisis management, like um, a psychiatric ER, really. Um, they treat you and street you, um, not immediately, but in a short span of time. So I started going there last May or April, and I'm probably going to get dumped here in about six months, I would imagine. Uh, they're going to say, oh, you're stabilized and on your meds. Bye! Um, and that's fair enough, because uh, the DBT approach, and I forget what DBT stands for, but it's some sort of psychological mumbo-jumbo um, hot topic that they sold, one company sold to uh, different counties, I would imagine, uh, which takes me down the whole road of uh, private companies uh, selling bullshit to government organizations, which is not acceptable behavior to me, but uh, that's another line of thought that I don't want to dwell on too much, uh, because I'm trying to avoid those sorts of topics at the moment, even though it warrants exploration. It's not where I'm focused on right now. So getting back to my train of thought, um, I'm worried because I now know, I'm now uh, permanently aware, strongly aware, that there's a limited scope to what they'll do. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, well, what's after that? Do I just go to my uh, crappy primary care physician that Medi-Cal pays for and just kind of keep taking meds and wait to die? Um, because that's the choice I'm facing, basically. And I think this is the classic trouble uh, people with... I don't want to say bipolar, but kind of the cyclical issues have. Uh, and that is, you can't... If I find myself uh, not being... I find myself apathetic and really drifty and not paying attention and not having fear... Uh, excuse me. Clear cognition when I'm on the medications that I'm supposed to take. When I'm off them, my brain works fine for my purposes, not from other people's perspective, but from, for my purposes, it works well. Um, but because it's maladaptive behavior, it tends to get me in trouble. Uh, not legal trouble yet, thank God, but just in trouble. Um, and so, there's this terrible choice that you face. Do I take meds, which are probably killing me, and just wait to die? Or do I go off the meds and risk some sort of social um, punishment, basically? And this has been a real issue in mental health for a long, long time, and not many people address it. But it is a big problem because, first of all, psychiatry is absolute bullshit. You can go into five different psychiatrists and tell them your symptoms, and they're going to have the same uh, di diagnostic statistical manual, DSM. Uh, they're on five now, but some places are still using four. Uh, but in any case, they can come up with five different diagnoses 
for you. So, you know, it's all hit or miss. It's all subjective based on what you tell the doctor. So it's not like... Uh, it's one of those things where it's it's not like hard science. It's not hard medicine. It's kind of in the pseudo-medicine department. Um, and I'm probably being nice there. Um, so basically what happens is... Uh, throughout the course of uh, people prescribing medications and developing medications, they you know, suddenly find that, oh, lithium tends to calm people down with uh, mood problems, with bipolar problems, and so does Depakote, and so does uh, Lamictal, and so does... Uh, Remeron, it's antipsychotic. It works really well. Problem is, these drugs, most of them, weren't designed to be bipolar meds. They were originally designed to be uh, anti-muscle convulsants to stop seizures. Um, but they find that this helps with depression, depression, and mood stabilization called mood stabilizers. And so they give you these meds for really off-label use. And they have, you know, goodness knows what effect they have. Uh, They say dopamine, serotonin, all this bullshit um, neurotransmitter stuff, but we don't know anything about the brain, so I wish science would admit that we don't know anything about the brain, but it pretends it does. Um, so we're kind of left with this thing that, you know, psychology itself is, uh, I'll need a better term than social science, because that just sounds stupid, but psychology is a legitimate field and field of study, and I really like it, as I also like philosophy, um, Religious studies, no, it's just brainwashing people. But um, psychology and philosophy, endlessly interesting to me. Um, And I've gone to a lot of psychologists. I've gone to a lot of psychiatrists. um, And my determination is psychiatry is bullshit. They don't know what they're doing. They're just throwing darts all over the place and somehow not killing you. Somehow. And uh, psychology is really where most of the work gets done. Um, and it's not something that you could cure, cure, cure uh, at least if it's chronic. Um, if it's, you know, someone, there was death in the family and you need help getting through it, um, you know, that's acute. You know, that you're going to be able to deal with that over a short amount of time and move on. Um, you know, uh, denial, anger, acceptance. I forget some of the other stages, but basically what you go through. And uh, something like, um, I don't want to label it, but the struggles I have are going to be struggles that will be with me for the rest of my life. And I'm aware of this, and I'm in the process, uh, the final stage, really, of grief and accepting acceptance uh, and trying to get into that phase of, okay, this is what I am, 
these are what my limits are this is what this is what my life will be this is the effect I have to face reality now what am I going to do how do I adapt to it um, and those are questions that I can't really answer yet all I can tell you at the moment is um, I've had a real hard time uh, doing any sort of work at all um, I've just been able to do sporadic podcasting and sporadic um, uh, uh, radio jobs free radio jobs I've never really gotten paid for much uh, I worked at Walmart but I had a, a breakdown there wanted to, was su- suicidal wanted to jump in front of cars but didn't so I just you know ran home drove to drove to Chico in the middle of the night and uh, that was that and then I had a customer service job uh, tech support and I started you know cursing at customers hopefully I had the mute button on but either way it got too close and I didn't want to get fired so away that went Um, so I I found out what my limits are uh, as far as that goes my I can't I don't cope well in customer service positions. And based on my networking disasters, uh, especially in my early 20s, uh, there were so many people, late teens, early 20s, um, I was really, you know, single-mindedly focused on the game industry and trying to get in and trying to do that and trying to network. Um, And I think every effort I've ever made at networking has blown up in my face. Uh, maybe there's some elements in the aviation area where it hasn't blown up in my face because the networking in aviation has happened later in life uh, than the networking attempt in uh, the game industry, but who knows. In either case, um, my social skills and my ability to network uh, kind of, well, it really impedes me. And uh, the leftover... uh, physical issues, the fine motor issues, which are still there. Um, I got a new yoke uh, for Flight Simulator the other day, and there are two two screws, basically, that uh, hook it onto your desk, so it can hook on and you can use it. Well, I spent seven hours, and no kidding, seven hours trying to set this damn thing up. And I finally succeeded. I got like halfway there and then it fell off. Halfway there and then it fell off a couple times. Finally succeeded. But it was so frustrating. And then yesterday, I had this candle that uh, still has wax in it. It's one of those candles in a jar. Um, And it's gotten so far down that I can't get the lighter to the wick. So I thought, well, if I can get the wick further out or I can isolate the wick from the rest of the candle, then maybe I'll have some luck. So I got a knife and some scissors, and I started digging around the candle to try and get the wick exposed, and I, you know, I struggled with that for probably three hours instead of going to bed last night early, like I wanted to. Um, and it, you know, it, it was a struggle. It was fine motor skill, coordination, struggle. So I still have that... Um, that barrier. So uh, there are real barriers and struggles that I face, and they do limit what I can do. 
and I'm primarily an intellectual person. Uh, my best ability, uh, especially if my teeth got fixed, uh, is to just talk into a microphone, because I can do that quite well. Um, talking to a microphone in a dark studio, that I can do well in front of people? No way. Uh, but in a dark studio, yeah. Um, so that's my best skill, but the radio industry doesn't like me. They don't see where I fit in. And maybe they're wrong, maybe they're right about that, but they don't see where I fit in. And um, voice acting, I haven't really tried. I've tried it a couple times, but acting's really not my thing. Um, and I have never really been... I've been in kind of a semi-studio, like an actual radio station studio, kind of. Uh, but I've never been in a professional studio. Always wanted to try it, um, but... My vocal talents are not all that great, even though I keep writing and trying to produce my own songs. Because um, why not? I mean, I do things because I do them. I do things for myself, mainly, and they, I just happen to put them in pub- public places. Really, that's what the podcast started out as. It was a personal audio journal, and I'm like, hey, I'll put this on the internet. Why not? Um, and people seem to download it every once in a while, so I'll roll with it, um, but yeah, it's just like, these are my creative expressions, but when I'm on medication, that's impeded, when, when I'm off medication, um, you never know what I'm gonna do, never ever know, uh, it's not like I'm going to kill someone, it's not quite that, you never know, um, but it's like, oh, I have $500, I think I'll take Greyhound to New York, it's Tuesday, I think I'll have pizza in New York, you know, and things, before I know it, I end up in New York, and then I don't have money for pizza, and nor do I have money to get back, um, so it's these sorts of things that I want to, I want to use, I want to channel the energy into creative projects, rather in, than into random things that will get me, uh, that will end, that will end in me living on the street, basically. Because uh, I, I got to the low, low point where I was traveling, uh, and I slept in some odd places, very odd places, um, but I still had my apartment that I could have gotten home to, gone home to, but I couldn't, I didn't go home. Um, and I can't explain that. I can't rationally explain that decision-making process. Um, so I want to try to prevent that from happening, obviously. Um, but I don't want my creative integrity, uh, or my creative drive to be completely, uh, be nullified by the medication. And it seems like there's no in-between. Uh, because my stated goal in treatment is you know, to kind of find this happy medium before, uh, between mania and depression. It's just this happy homostasis thing. Um, and it's always up or down. It's no, it's never homostasis. And that's what I'm trying to achieve. Um, and it's eluded me for so many years and it continues to elude me. Um, and the DBT approach doesn't seem to work because it focuses on recovery and, you know, it's not like, you know, having a psychiatric, psychiatric condition 
like bipolar or depression um, that's continued for a marked amount of time is a chronic thing. It's not something that you can fix. Um, now, I've fallen into the category of having a psychiatric condition, uh, probably as a result of my treatment as a child, medical treatment as a child, ever since I was three. So this has been going going on for uh, 27 years now, roughly. And uh, so if something's going on for 27 years, and I've seen varied various different psychologists, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, voodoo doctors, and, you know, gurus, um, and it's still not, you know, I'm still not getting anywhere. Uh, it's obvious to me, two things are obvious to me. One, the condition is chronic, and it's something that I need to figure out how to manage and get to that level of homostasis, like I mentioned before. Um, and it's two... Two, it's something that uh, I want to get rectified. And once I figure out how I'm going to manage it, how as close, how get as close to homostasis as I can, uh, then I want to be able to sit there and say, okay, is the reality that I'm just going to sit here and wait to die? Uh, and have that be my life, or can I actually do something? Um, right now, at the moment, um, the practical reality is I just kind of sit around and not sit around, but I mean, I feed the dog, I walk the dog, um, you know, I'll do a flight simulator to give me a sense of purpose, to give me a reason to wa- wake up every day and do something. Uh, I'll read, I'll listen to audiobooks, I'll listen to podcasts. Um, and I'll work within my limits, I'll go to doctor's appointments, that sort of thing. Uh, see a friend once a week when they're in town. Uh, but really, it's not a lot of action, it's a lot of waiting around. A lot of basically waiting to die. Um, you know, it's like having retired and getting to that phase where you know, you're in, you're at 67 or 68, where you've done all the traveling, you're done with that part of it, and you just kind of realize, okay, now it's, I've lived my life, I appreciate what it is, and I'm okay with it, and I'm going to die in four years, and I'm okay with that. Um, And I am, philosophically, that's kind of where I'm at, uh, in the sense that most of the things on my bucket list have been done. Um, you know, I've given up on trying to change the world. My sphere of influence is not all that great. I give up on that. Um, I've tried to write my story, uh, tried to uh, share my story and my points about social justice and all that sort of stuff. Shows the repetitive social cycle that we as humans uh, find ourselves in, and nobody cares. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. Um, so that is the way that is. So I've tried to do that. I've traveled, you know, took three continents. Um, Australia, North America, because I've seen a lot of North America. I was born in North America, but still. Australia, North America, uh, Europe. And uh, I'd love to go to Asia and... Uh, 
Africa, and maybe Antarctica somehow, but it's, uh, oh, and South America too, but it's not the most important thing in the world. You know, I won't die if I don't go to Asia. I won't die if I don't go to Africa. I won't die if I don't go to South America. Um, at this point, um, I've seen most of the places that I, that I wanted to see. Um, I've experienced homelessness. Um, I've experienced why it happens. I understand it better now. And I didn't want to. I didn't go out seeking that, uh, looking for that. But now I have that knowledge. And really, there's only one thing in life left to do for me, psychologically, and that's to find somebody to love. Uh, that's the one thing that I, I want to do. I want to uh, have homeostasis last long enough so I can do that one thing, and after that one thing is over, then I'm done. Uh, really. So I'm kind of getting into the latter stages, and I know that's weird to say, uh, because I'm so young, but that's kind of where I'm at. Um, because it's been, it's taken so much energy and effort, uh, to get this far. And, you know, I may make it to 50, 55, 72 if I'm really lucky. Um, but I'm not going to quit smoking. I'm gonna, not going to quit drinking soda like other people drink water. It's just not going to happen. Um, and maybe I'll try yoga. Maybe I'll try some other body maintenance things. But, you know, the reality of, of it is um, the psychological condition, which is valid, um, inhibits normal functioning in a lot of ways. And it's not it's not an attitude thing. Um, and so many people misunderstand this. Uh, it's not like you choose to be depressed. It's not you just are depressed. And you can kind of talk through it and work on it and analyze it and try and say, well, here are the good things in my life. These are positive things. Um, and try to focus on them more. But when you're depressed, you're depressed. When you're manic, you're manic. Um, it just is. And the medication can kind of screw with that. Um, get you to a numb place, which I guess could be considered homostasis, but I don't know. So I'm getting to that point where, uh, you know, I want to I wanna get that balance, hopefully, and I don't know if Medi-Cal is going to be able to provide that. Um, if I do, if I am able to go somewhere else, namely Washington, I have a an apartment complex, a building that I would like to live in, and kind of have that be um, the final, not the final place that I go, but have that be the accomplishment of the city dream, and let it last for however long it lasts, and then the last, the place I want to live last is San Francisco, and I don't want to live in San Francisco for too long, because the city has changed. Um, and I did grow up there, so it's just kind of a ghost, a ghost of what it once was. Um, and Seattle still, I have lots of memories in Seattle, and I, I went to Seattle, I explored it myself. No one really guided me through it, uh, so much. So Seattle's kind of my city more than, 
um, San Francisco is anymore, which is strange. But yeah, I'm just going through the bucket list, and uh, I've only got a few items left, which is interesting, unless I come up with something else, which is possible. Um, it's not like I'm, you know, suicidal. It's more, um, I'm at this place where it's like, oh, I don't have that much left to do. And suddenly, uh, you know, there's not this huge, huge pressure. You've got to go to a work. You've got to find a job. You've got to work at Walmart. Otherwise, you're going to die. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Some of that is no longer there, which is a tremendous help. And like I said, I wish that were available for more people. But I cannot emphasize how much I feel this is legitimate. Um, I've struggled with this, like I said, 27 years. And that's no small thing. And I suppose you could go go back and say, well, based on your experience, you probably shouldn't have gone to college. And you'd probably be right. Um, But you can't go back and change the past. Unfortunately, uh, if I could time travel, I would change so many things. Uh, in fact, if I could, knowing what I know now, um, at 30, I would go back to myself at, I don't know, 10 or 12, and say, kid, just relax. Chill out. It's not worth it to be all stressed about it. Just chill. Let life go. Try and enjoy what you can. And fuck it. That's what I would say to my younger self. Um, because I spent a lot of time, uh, after fifth grade, mostly, uptight about school, uptight about trying to get good grades, trying to work through it, trying to do the best I could. Um, and I did that for so long, and here I am. Um, on disability payments, on Section 8, um, bad at money management, um... And like I said, uh, kind of at this place where I'm struggling for homostasis with my psychiatric condition. And, you know, I feel like I'm 68 and I'm four years away from my body just saying, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just depressed. I don't know because I don't have a, quote, normal brain, unquote. But nobody does, and normal is just bullshit. But nobody wants to admit that. Uh, So let's move on to another topic um, that's related to the uh, desire to be loved. Um, I I seem to go in cycles. uh, Because there's only two things I understand about adult life, really. Um, And that is... Adults have jobs, and adults have relationships, romantic relationships. And these are the only things I really understand and try to accomplish as an adult. The job thing I've tried again and again and again. I give up for the moment anyway. uh, Maybe five years from now, I have no idea. But it's not realistic right now, and it's not realistic in the foreseeable future. Um, And having done that, and having admitted that, and having accepted that, that just leave, leaves love. Um, and it's hard to seek love. It's hard to seek it out. 
Um, there are algorithms that you can use. You can read dating books, etc., which I have, uh, but to no great success, partially because my hygiene is so bad. Um, and that's due in large part due to, due to the psychiatric conditions. Um, but it's hard, um, you know, because the hygiene is bad, um, it's harder to go out and find people and try to do the dates. And of course, when you don't have money, um, or much money, because you spend it in the wrong places and you're basically living by the good graces of the public, um, who you hate and they hate you, um, and I'm sure they would cut my funding off if they could, um, and I'd run away to a place where um, I wasn't resented if I could, but neither of those things can happen, so uh, you roll with it. Um, but at any rate, uh, it's hard. It's it's a hard struggle because I can't take care of the... I find it hard to take care of the hygiene. I have a hard time keeping the house clean. Um, I have a hard time doing lots of simple things that other people can do. Uh, and that makes finding love and finding connections, even friendship friendships with other people very difficult um my social skills have always been a little bit behind um i've always preferred to you know go into my room and play sim city rather than invite a friend over or if i did invite a friend over let's play sim city together uh, that was my solution um so i've been trying to challenge myself to reach out a little bit more just like in flight simulator later Lately, I'm trying to challenge myself to learn to fly the Airbus, which is so confusing. So, so, so confusing, even this in the simulator. It blows my mind. Uh, but, at any rate, I'm challenging myself where I can. Um, and I have a friend. Um, we'll, ca- we'll call her Sonia. And I think I mentioned this before. I don't remember, though. Um... And I'm interested. She's intellectually stimulating. Um, But she has her issues. Um, You know, basically she went through a situation which would be my worst nightmare, where she had a significant other uh, die in a car accident. And now she doesn't want to drive. Uh, And there's a bunch of normal stuff that, you know, her psychiatric... Uh, the the after effects of that trauma uh, limit her ability to deal with that. Uh, There's psychiatric barriers there, which I understand and empathize with. Uh, Most people can understand, or at least don't want to empathize with psychiatric barriers. They don't get it. Um, And one of the reasons I do this podcast is to try and help people understand and empathize. Uh, unfortunately, I can't connect my brain to the internet, but if I could, I would, um, because I have no secrets. I have nothing to hide, really. Um, and I have no shame, either. I don't, you know, um, I don't like it when people criticize me, but 
I'm not embarrassed by who I am and how I live um, because I try and live uh, right by myself, not by anybody else, or at least, at least that's what I'm trying to do increasingly. Um, but anyway, social relationships, that's what I'm trying to focus on at the moment. Um, and I do, you know, fancy this person, definitely, to put it in British terms. Uh, but it's a hard thing to try and figure out because she's so traumatized by what happened to her and it's understandable and what happened to her is also one of my fears one of my phobias um, I don't want to open up to somebody and then have them die on me suddenly uh, I know that's probably the best end to a relationship uh, especially at an older stage of life is you know you have a great life together and then either you die or the other person dies and you just enjoy it for what it's worth and you miss them but you you know you appreciate it for what it was and that's probably the best best ending you can come up with for a relationship uh either a friendship or a romance i think uh but outside of the relationship breaking up which is probably the second worst way that it can go um, you know the worst way it can go is having the development of the re relationship suddenly altered and ended by the universe doing what it thinks it want, it needs to do which is just not com compatible with the way you wanted it to go and shatters your dreams and you know in my case um, I don't want to get I don't trust that people will stay around uh, either physically or emotionally I'm used to people putting up with me for a little while and then getting tired of me and then eventually yelling at me that's what I'm used to um, and in her case I think um, she's very much lived a life of people keep dying. And, you know, she's realized the impermanence of life and is afraid to connect for fear that the connections will simply, you know, get hit by a bus tomorrow and that'll be it. And then you lose the connection. And not only do you lose the connection, but you feel sad. You miss the person and you can't do anything about it. Um, so I have that issue and I'm trying to figure out how to approach it. Um, especially because I have my issues and it's hard. It's very hard because uh, Sonia doesn't live in town. Um, well, she does part of the year. She goes to school and she go and she's from Yuba City. So back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And of course, Highway 99 between Yuba City and Chico is scary and I'm paranoid so I think about the possibility of car accidents all the time um, so my brain's kind of going into phobia mode um, and I'm trying to distract myself but it's hard because I'm just sitting here with the dog and flight simulator um, so I'm working through that but I'm also really afraid of rejection um, I'm afraid of people betraying me because that's the feeling I get is every time 
I've invested my trust um, in someone, they suddenly turn around and betray me in some way. Um, and I'm really cautious. I don't want to, A, I don't want to be rejected if I actually open myself up to Sonya. And B, um, I don't want to be betrayed. I don't want them to find uh, some sort of weakness in me and exploit it. Um, and that's what I feel like people do. So, not only am I paranoid and worried, um, I'm also wondering if I want to continue this or not. And right now, uh, once I get back in town, if it's practical, um, and I'm nervous because I haven't heard from her in a while, um, but assuming everything, you know, assuming she's safe, um, once she gets back into town, uh, the school semester will start, um, and assuming we can do things once a week, hopefully again, um, then it's going to be kind of a question of how do I approach this? Um, is this what I'm looking for, or do I need to keep kind of searching? And if I keep kind of searching, um, you know, is it wise to purposely try and search? Because in this particular case, um, I originally met Sonia um, and thought of her, you know, as a geek, and oh, I maybe hanging out with her is the way I can figure out what Dungeons and Dragons is all about. Because when I was a kid uh, going to camp, they wouldn't let me pay, play D and D, and I always wanted to play D and D, but they didn't let me. So now, all these years later. Um, maybe I'm cool enough and geeky enough to play D&D, &D, and here's a person that wants to do it. Um, and I was also thinking, well, they're good at programming, and I was also thinking, um, you know, I could exploit that. You know, here I have ideas they can program, mm, exploit. Um, which makes me just as bad as the people I describe. So, uh, I'm human, though. So, that's what you would expect, I suppose. Uh, but I don't know where to go with this, you know, I don't know if this is worth investing in, and I don't know, you know, if taking a person that was just supposed to be a friend, because all I did was, uh, see her number on my old phone, and I was like, hmm, I wonder what happened, what would happen if I text this person, you know, thinking, yeah, nothing will happen, um, but then we ended up getting coffee, and they essentially invited me to hang out, and suddenly we're meeting and hanging out once a week. And um, I find that without that once-a-week meeting, while they've been gone over the holiday, um, life is kind of different and not the way it used to be. And my new homostasis has been upset, and um, I'm having a difficult time with this uh, because I feel like, oh... Alone again, naturally, naturally. This is what happens, this is where life goes, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's kind of the feeling. Uh, but then can I turn around and keep this investment going? Or should I keep myself safe and say, okay, this person is going to be out of my life, in and out of my life, and not a consistent thing. And even though that's not a betrayal, that's not what they're trying to do. Um, my perception is going to be that. So, is it healthy enough for me to pursue that? 
or do I need to pursue different options? And moreover, should I be pursuing it all? Or should I just, you know, sit around the house all day and, I don't know, wait? Wait for to do what? I don't know. Um, wait to die, I suppose. Because uh, that's really... I mean, I run Flight Simulator all day, and I watch or I listen to podcasts. Um, because running Flight Sim and listening to podcasts and making podcasts, of course, kills time. Um, but is it worth it to kill time? If that, is that all I can do? Or can I find some way to use the time that I've got? So, um, I've talked for 45 minutes, so I think that's more than enough. Um, I just want to mention uh, aviation here just for a moment. Uh, I love Flight Simulator. I love flying. I'm trying to learn the A320 um, from Aerosoft, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I would like to do some sort of aviation podcast um, because I love listening to the, quote, voices in your head, uh, uncontrolled airspace, um, airline pilot guy, uh, the pilot cast, I don't know if that's around anymore or not, playing crazy down under, uh, Av Av Geeks, uh, I listen to that show a lot, and I'm hoping that uh, I can get in touch with Rob Mark and maybe do some podcast work for him. I'm not sure, but it's worth a try. Um, I want to be part of that community, honestly, because it's, uh, because I love aviation so much. Um, and I can't get a medical license, medical, I can't get a medical and that sucks, but I can be an aviation fan. I can be an enthusiast, um, I can't afford Sun and Fun very often to go to Sun and Fun very often, but damn it, I'm passionate about airplanes, and I want to share that. I want to have that as part of my life, and I want to be in that community, especially in that podcasting community, because it's a big uh, niche podcasting community, and I spend a good deal of my time uh, running flight sim. And listening to aviation podcasts, and I think there are much things, much worse things, you that you could be doing with your life, honestly. So anyway, uh, that's where we're at, and I thank you so much for listening. If you do have comments, don't be a dick, but uh, nic nic jk at gmail.com November Indio Charlie, November Alpha Charlie, Juliet Alpha Kilo at gmail.com you can also like Nicholas Jackson on Facebook that's November Indio Charlie Oscar Lima Alpha Sierra Juliet Alpha Charlie Kilo Sierra Oscar November and I see O-L-A-S-J-A-C-K-S-O-N on Facebook and you can like that page um I still have the personal page, but I use a different name, and I actually use the, use the same name on Twitter. Just Google Knickknack Jack, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K. I'm sure you'll find me. I'm not that hard to find. Anyway, uh, I'm on the internets. Go find me. Go interact. Um, but don't be a dick. Wheaton's Law. Pay attention to it. Till next time, stay safe, stay sane, 
happy railroading, happy landings. Bye. And cry.